You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Everybody and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Hello, I hope you guys are doing great out there. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Hope everything is wonderful in your world. A special thank you to all of you who are spreading the word about the Paranormal Portal Podcast. It really means the world to us, and we've been meeting lots of new listeners all the time. And you guys are really key to the growth that we've experienced. And thank you so much to those of you who have spread the word, and thank you to those of you who will spread the word. Uh, of course, the Paranormal Portal is a place for everybody to share their experiences. So if you have an, uh, some paranormal experiences you'd like to share, please feel free to get a hold of me via email at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Again, paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Just get a hold of me and we'll get it dialed in and get you on the show as well. Everybody and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thanks so much for joining us. As always, it's a great pleasure to do these shows, and it means the world that all of you guys are coming in and checking them out. So thank you all for that. Uh, and remember, if you've got experiences and you wouldn't mind being a guest, I'd love to talk to you if you could just email me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you. And uh, that's always an option. But Tonight's show is going to be a pretty exciting one. This is uh, We're going to talk about portals tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, portals come up all the time in the paranormal from many different uh, types of phenomena seem to use uh, or utilize portals. And that's kind of a nebulous topic, but we're going to have a discussion tonight with our guest, Shell Dion, who has not only experienced the portals, but she thinks she knows what, what's going on with all of this. So it'll be really exciting to crack this open. So I hope you guys are all ready because it's getting spooky.
right, Shell, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Oh, it's great to talk to you again. You've been a guest on my show, both on YouTube and the, and the podcast several times. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have you. And thanks for coming back on. Likewise, you're just like the greatest. I love you guys. Oh, we love you too. Thank you so much. Um, now, uh, obviously, there's so much to talk about with these, with this phenomena specifically. And, and I know there's a lot of ideas out there or a lot of people that have experienced or said they've experienced portals, but you are, you are, uh, an experiencer yourself. And, and I think that's absolutely amazing. Can, can, <clears throat> can we probably start there? How, what, what was it you experienced? Okay. Well, um, I just have to take you back to the time and the, the just the way that it, it all began uh -huh. for the story to make any sense at all. Sure. So it was, uh, it, you know, I live in the Midwest. And mm -hmm. so if you get a 45, 50 degree day in December, <laughs> you're going to jump on it if you're in, uh, you know, in the field researcher at all. And because that's when all the leaves are down and stuff and you see so much more of what, you know, the Sasquatch do and the other things or whatever. Uh -huh. And back at the time, um, this is like 2011. Um, David and I had just met. He was an hour and a half north of me. And he was like my daytime researcher friend to go out. And I had other, because he's deaf. And the other people are, you know, um, you know, I go out at night. So I've seen an opportunity to take Dave out and let him have, you know, some of his fun. And he's got great eyes. Where, one, where you have a, a fault in your body in one place, the other senses take over. Right. He's got amazing eyes, and he always points out the best stuff. So anyway, I called him up, and I said, hey, let's go out. You know? And he's like, oh, okay. Well, he's worse than a woman getting ready. I got up there. It took me an hour to get there. <laughs> he's still taking an hour. I'm like, come on, dude. It's like we don't have much daylight. You know, It's December. <laughs> so by the time we got out to where we wanted to go, because then we had to locate from his house to there. It's running about 2.30 in the afternoon. Okay? And so, you know, there's only like going to be like an hour and a half of daylight. And we're going to have to go. So, we head out. We're both tall. We're walking down the, this path that we went on. Um, it's way out in the country. The river comes out of, off the I&M Canal and goes into... Um, another river um, that flows into the Illinois River that goes off to the Mississippi. So it's a, it's a big waterway. Okay. And there's a bridge. We don't cross the bridge. We pull in, and there's just this, like, little pull-off, and it's gravel there. And, and you people, like, probably park there to go fishing or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but back in time, somebody tried to make it, like, a little park or something. So where you had these dry creek beds, there were that flow into this river, there were three bridges that you got across and the whole walk is like a quarter mile. So wow. walking across these bridges, looking at footprints, doing all that, you know, but our destination is at the end of the path, it becomes a farmer's territory and there's a great big like cottonwood tree and it says no trespassing. And you can tell it was put on the tree years ago uh -huh. because it's way up high. It grew with the tree. So, um, we see that sign and we know you, you turn left here and you can walk down to the water's edge. And when you walk down to the water's edge, it's like a 90 degree angle, the path. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when you walk to that edge, you look over at this Island and this Island, usually I always called it Kerplunk. 
the game back in the day where you put all the sticks in and the marbles would fall. Oh, yeah, yeah. They put structures on this island that look like that, giant trees way up in the in the trees. And they, they stick them and their roots are hanging out and stuff. And it's just like, it looks like a plunk. It's crazy. <laughs> and they are always changing it. They're always moving them. And um, I've always wondered why. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what all these giant big structures mean or what, what's the pull, why they do it out there on that island. Uh-huh. In the summertime, you can literally walk. If you take your shoes off and pull up your, your jeans, you can walk across it and get over to that island. I just never wanted to do it. <laughs> I just look, you know. <laughs> sure. uh, and then on the other side of that, you can see a beautiful log home, barn, you know, stuff back there. So anyway, when we got to where you've seen the cottonwood tree, and here it is winter. It's not thick like it is in the summer. Sure. We took a diagonal cut and cut through um, the wooded area there to the to path that gets right to the water. And so we're just like looking down, watching where we're walking and stuff. And we get up to the water's edge and we like, you know, they're going to look up at the, the island. And I looked over and I'm, I'm looking at where we come from. Mm-hmm. We're on the island. Oh. And I'm looking over there. And then I turn and look behind me, and I see that the house and the barn, and there's nothing between us and it but the other side of the water. And I look at David, and I go, David, I said, we're in the wrong place. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you're confused, because his face was all distorted. I was like, <laughs> you're confused, because we came from over there. I said, look at the wooden bridges in the distance. And I said, I can hear the semis going over the bridge down there. It's like a quarter mile away, and when somebody hit, hit the bridge, it's like boom, boom. You know, I can sure. hear them. Right. And so I told him, I said, I can hear them. They're to my right. I said, the sun is behind us. And I said, we're on the we're on the island. And I was like, they're, we're in trouble. How? Because the water was really deep at this point, and it's flowing really harsh. Oh. And I said to him, we're in deep trouble here. I said, all I've got is this denim jacket and a sweatshirt on. I said, we're going to have gloves, nothing. It's going to be 20 degrees soon i said and the sun is going down and he's like you're panicking for nothing i know where we're at i know where we're at and i'm like no you don't dude and so <laughs> he starts walking and if you ever walk behind a dude that's six foot four and you're five foot eight uh you know what <laughs> your legs can't keep up sure so i'm literally like running behind him and he's walking really fast and he goes the whole diameter of this island which takes like 15 20 minutes at mm-hmm. his speed going around it <laughs> And he comes back around and he stops and then we're in the same place. And I said, David, look, there's the house. There's those bridges. Can't you see those bridges? And he's just sitting there puzzling and puzzling. And I'm already figured out that we've had to walk through a loophole or a wormhole or something that put us here. Because right. we definitely didn't go through the water. And <laughs> he's looking at me and frowning. He's like, you're out of your mind. And I'm like, then how do you explain we're here? He's like, we're not, we're not, this is not right. And he takes off again and he does a whole lap around this thing again. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking at all the structures and stuff and I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not veering off the edge of this thing because if I'm here, what could happen if I walk through, they had like giant 
logs stuck in the ground and they would make like a doorway. Oh. It looked like a doorway. Like some of them have a fork at the top and then they had another stick leaning into it. And I was like, I am not walking underneath that thing. And Dave was like, no, I wouldn't recommend it either. And we did take pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had my camera in my pocket. So he walks around this thing again for the second time. And I said, David, I said, please listen to me. He's like, okay. He says, you know what? I'm going to mark this tree. He says, and, and so he did. He marked the tree. And he comes back around, and I followed him. And I was like, I don't know why you just don't listen to me. I said, look, when we got on that west side, I said, look at the sun. It's about to go down on us. I said, look at that house right there. He's like, yeah, I see it. He's like, I just don't know what to do about this situation. Mm. And, you know, he was trying to he'd probably keep control of his emotions to try and keep me from going, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so he comes back around to that tree, and it's marked. And he's like, all right. He says, I, I'm convinced there's just no way off this island. And I said, you think? <laughs> <laughs> so lucky he's giant. He starts picking up these rocks and stacking them at the water's edge against the bank and trying to get them as close as he can to the surface of the water so that we could stand on it and try and leap to the other side. Okay. There was some rocks you could land on on the other side and we would be then back where we should be. Mm. And so he, he does this. He just keeps gra- going around grabbing rocks and he's like, help me find big rocks. And so I'm going around all these edges of water and I'm like, here's more, here's more, you know? And so he did. And I had to, take my shoes off, throw them to the other sh- side. My socks are in there and everything. I throw them to the other side. And he had on like these winter waterproof hiking boots that it didn't matter if he stuck his feet in the water. Sure. Um, so he, he gets on the rock and he leaps. And as giant as he is, he barely makes it. And he's sliding in the mud to keep from sliding down in the water. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty scared to do this at this time, you know, right. and I know that when I step down in that water, it's going to be ice cold. And I just knew that the, the shoes and the boots I was wearing wouldn't be a safe venture. If I tried it, they would, they probably slide off the rock, you know? Right. So I get down on the rocks and he's like, I'm not going to let you go in that water. I'm going to grab you. And so he got himself down, he sat down in the mud and prepared himself to like grab me. And he did, he had to grab my hood, my coat, everything, and just pull me up to him. And then we just climbed back up the shore. And then we turned around and looked back as I was putting my shoes and socks on. And I was like, I don't understand that. He says, no matter what, we stay on the path and get back to the car. And I said, yeah, we got to get on the path. So we walked the water's edge back to the, the very path we should have been on and then did the 90 degree turn and I really, at that point, still didn't understand what had happened to us or right. even could even give it much thought because all it was was fright or flight at that moment. You didn't think about how did that happen. Right. So when we got back on the path, um, David was walking pretty fast because it was getting dark on us. And I heard some noise to the left. And it would be the first successful Bigfoot picture that I ever took. And I see this, this Bigfoot way back over here in the woods and he's just like parallel with us he's he's like walking with us but faster and so i just popped the camera out took a quick picture and back then it was like 2.3 megapixels you know it was really weak sure (laughs) and so um david had heard 
something and they felt something and he turned and he took a picture from another angle. And to the naked eye, you couldn't see anything, but you could hear it moving. Well, it showed up in the camera when we got back home and, you know, put it on the computer and we're like, wow. Mm. So anyway, we get to the car and there's all these sticks that are nicely trimmed off all the bark and they're, they're different sizes, lengths, heights. And there was about 10 to, 10 to 15 of them just stacked right there by the driver's front wheel. And there's a death wasn't there when we came and I'm like, no, it wasn't. And so I got in the van, I go to start it. Uh oh. And uh the van wouldn't start. And oh. we're way out in the middle of nowhere. Oh no. And so I know there's a hammer in the back and I had <laughs> I was using a friend's van and so I knew there was a hammer in the back and I went and I went to lift up the the hood on the thing and I couldn't find what would make it stand up. And I looked down at those sticks and I reached down and I grabbed one and it was like the perfect height. And I was like, Oh boy, that's weird. Yeah. And so, you know, then I cleaned up some battery labels, pounded it all together, started the van and it was started and I took the stick out, dropped it. And then for a moment I just thought, you know what? I wonder, I, I, I just wonder how they knew to put those sticks there. Right. And I just looked back at the forest and I said, thank you. And I got in the car and we left and, and I don't go back. I haven't been back. I don't want to go back. <laughs> um, that was, that was just too much. That was I, the after effect of that going home and sitting down and taking a deep breath and then looking at the pictures. It's like, it's how like did that Bigfoot like literally know that they was going to not start. Do they move forward and backward in time? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened to us? How did we get on that? And so all I could come up with is that we probably went through a portal or an energy loop of some kind. Oh, that is really bizarre, huh? It's scary if you'd been through it. Yeah, I don't know. It's really, (laughs) it was really unnerving. Yeah, I can't imagine. My God. And then to to feel that panic about, you know, how do we get off this island? You know, that's, that's yeah. Really and it creepy. was supposed to rain that it was supposed to rain sleet and stuff. That water would have rose. Oh my gosh. It could have been really, really ugly. Yeah. Really, really traumatic. That's amazing. And you know, it, it, it sounds like for some of you out there listening, it may sound like what, but this, these kind of claims are not unusual in the paranormal. There's lots of talk of portals and people experiencing portals. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey, guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family.
right, everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Buckle up. We're going in. I've heard um, several uh, accounts of people claiming to have walked through portals. So, I mean, this is this is a phenomenon that's out there. Was there a story like mine? Did they... Did they there's, did they see anything or did they, they just walk through and they didn't know it like I did? No, they, they, well, in, in a couple of the cases, people went through a portal and found themselves in, in, a, in a whole different place, like not even similar. Like to, I did. Yeah, but like way far, uh, possibly way far away from where they were. Like one, one person w- went, it, it was in the forest, uh, went into, you know, just walking along a path, said he felt really weird and the next thing he knew it was pitch dark. And the sounds of the forest were very different than anything he was familiar with. So he turned right back around and walked back the way he came and he was back in the daylight again. It was just like he, he just oh, was uh, able to, to do that. Another one was... Another realm. Yeah, exactly. And another one was, was kind of similar in that there was this place that this couple had gone for many, many years. And they went there and, and they said that they noticed this... This strange, uh, this, I don't know if it was an energy or an appearance, I don't recall anymore, but they'd walked through this area hundreds of times in their, you know, in the years that they'd visited this place, but something was different. And so they went into this, this part of the, of the forest that they were familiar with, but suddenly they found themselves in, in like a, a different, uh, realm or something. Again, it was just like the light was different and shimmering and the colors were different and, and then they did the same thing. They went, Oh, and then turned around and walked right back the way they just came. And, uh, then they were back in the familiar surroundings. So this is a phenomena that's, that comes up and it, and it's very strange, very, very strange. You know, I've sat on it for 10 years and just not talked about it uh-huh. because I, People would think I was just nuts. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I understand your trepidation. It's, 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 you know, and it's a sensitive thing to even talk about when you lived it and you it would it traumatized you. Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. Because I was really, I was really traumatized. I, I was afraid of either getting swept away in that ice cold water mm-hmm. and or freezing to death and having frostbite or whatever out there on that island because. People don't go to that place. Well, that's the whole reason we went to that place because people don't go, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, they do in the summertime and they, they probably just, they just probably go right off on the edge there that it's clear, no forest and it's for people to fish and, you know, there's a little bench and park stuff there, but getting in there, it, it, wow. I, I won't go back. <laughs> I'll do, I'll, I'll go find places, other places. And I hope I never happen again, but <laughs> that, that was just too much for me. I, um, so I paid attention to a lot of, um, stuff with the, the Sasquatch and yeah. all the other beings that I've had to deal with and how they use energy and how they talk about it and everything. It just, it's pretty fascinating. Um, they continually try to get you to understand parallel dimensions. Mm. Um, why they keep on with that and, and everything I'm, I'm starting to pick up on it and, and understand it and how we don't even realize what's going on. I mean, I have people send me pictures and it's like the, their wall of green is distorted. They, they stood on a path and took a photo into the woods mm-hmm. and there's just, 
you can see the faces. You can see them. Mm-hmm. And you're going, okay, I don't want to be paranoia, but that, that you can't deny that. And, and they look like they're on top of each other. And I think it's because, well, they've been saying it for a long time that the veils are thinning. Oh, sure. And I think, I think that they pick areas and instinctively when people are in that particular area, they feel like something's watching them because something is. So they turn around with a digital camera and take a picture of something they can't see with their eyes because it's, it's moving. It's particle spin is faster than ours and their DNA is different than ours, yet they're sisters and brothers to us in a way, Mm. but they're in, they're in layered in different realms there. There's like fourth, fifth, sixth dimensions, you know? And so that's why it looks like sometimes they're stackables. Like you see, Oh, like a canine being here, but yet that looks like a Sasquatch right on top of it. But yet what is that thing? You know, and they're all like bunched up. And I think that, you know, I would actually be scared to walk towards that or into it because I have a feeling you might end up like doing that. You might end up going into a portal or something. Um, I don't know. I've never tried it and I don't want to, <laughs> but, and I've never, I've never really been in those situations where usually when I turn and take a picture, I have something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but more and more of these people that really are kind of new to this, they're taking a lot of photos hoping to get something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they come back with these weird, strange things. And so I ask them, I say, why did you take that picture? If you couldn't see anything there, what made you take a picture of just forest? Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? And their answers are always the same. Oh, I felt like something was watching me. Oh yeah. I, I really am. I'm, I'm really, I, I really, uh, yeah. What am I trying to say? <laughs> I'm tripping all over myself. But once you said that, I was like, Oh yeah, that comes up a lot in so many different ways. And it's like, that's one of the things that I tell people when, they, when I'm ever asked, uh, do you think everybody's psychic? It's like, yeah, because we really do all, everybody seems to have that sense when something's watching us and it may not, you know, there may be no, no discernible physical or, or light cues that should have tricked it off that something is watching you, but we do seem to know that. And, and, and perhaps maybe these things want us to know that maybe that's, part of the intimidation because I, you know, you hear all the time people that are out and dealing with Bigfoot and Sasquatch, they get that, just that sudden vibe, like, uh Oh, something's not right. You know, something, this feels Yeah. Wrong. Everything goes quiet. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the bugs stop, everything stops, the birds stop. And then people pick up that everything. strange vibe. And a lot of people think that that's, that's just infrasound and it may be, but that whole no, feeling no. of being watched. I- infrasound is completely different. Infrasound sure. can mess you up so bad that you are sick for three days. Yeah. Guarantee it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's infrasound. I think that that is just um, when these beings are present or around and they, they've come through. Mm-hmm. That they're not in those little windows, but they're in our realm. Okay. Um, when they're in our realm, they do have and put off a high intense. Uh, just an impression, an impression in their space that they are in, and it, it resonates outward to where almost the hair like stands up on the back of your neck or on your arms, and you actually feel mm-hmm. like, wow, something, something's really close to me. And I've taken pictures where I've seen the trees moving and mm-hmm. seen nothing there, but then my camera gives me a beautiful picture of Sasquatch. 
And you can't explain that. You know, it gets into the cloaking thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really think I don't really think cloaking is cloaking for say. I I think this. I think cloaking, and I think magic and invisible. Those are all terms from the human language. Sure. Okay, so I think if we didn't even have those terms, and just accept, just forget those terms, and just accept that something has a faster particle spin than you and your eyesight probably the worst on this earth because our dogs and cats see what we can't see guarantee mm-hmm. it because oh, my cat and dog have led me to a great picture many times uh-huh. so um i believe that they have an energy field and you notice in some of these pictures where they look green they look like the forest mm-hmm. and people are going it's right there you know Maybe the colors are just bouncing off that energy field, and that's why they're they're like that. It's just oh. a theory. It's mm-hmm. not by any means a hypothesis or a, a conclusion here. Mm-hmm. It's just that the energy that everything is giving off out there, um, they're able to make tears into something we can't see something that's there and those tears lead you in to another place. That's really interesting. I, 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 I think that's the first time I've ever heard that. And I, I, I like hearing new ideas because obviously none of us know what's going on here, but that's a, that's a great, a great idea uh, that, you know, perhaps there is more of a, uh, I mean, physiologically that they exist uh, a bit different from us, maybe a little out of phase or with the different spin, as you say, and that's, you know, why they can just fade out or fade in. Because I've talked to witnesses and they've said it was right in front of me. And I, and I only saw it from the waist up and there was nothing blocking the waist down. It's just it, it was floating there or whatever. And it, it looked like it was walking, but I couldn't see the legs. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it just vanished completely. And I always wondered, what, mm-hmm. what do I do with that? You know, what do I do with that, that story? What do I do with that, that uh, the dynamics of that, which I can't begin to understand? And that's always been kind of perplexing. But I love I love well, talking it, about ideas. Well, it's no different than when we're out and we find a print mm-hmm. and it's just one print and you got a whole shoreline of mud and you got twelve feet before you even get to grass or anything and you cannot find any other prints anywhere. Mm. It's like okay, so were they walking on the edge of one of these parallel dimensions or edges? or windows or walls or whatever, however you want to picture that, mm-hmm. that they're walking on the very edge and then their foot just went out and then their, their stride kept them back in their realm. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I think that happens. That's a great thing. I have no other explanations for these things where they're coming and going and how we accidentally went in. And yet you, when I was there casting a print, I didn't get pulled into anything strange. I didn't, you know, so do they have the power to open this area? Right. Um, there's just so many questions. And that's why I actually wanted to talk about it and go on the show. And I hope that people listening um, come up with good ideas. And, you know, let's, let's really work at some of these mysteries surrounding it. I mean, most people involved in Sasquatch research believe in it. They know it's real. They've had experiences or they wouldn't be doing it. So let's put our heads together and go a little further with this because 
we all get it. He, he the big man's out there, mm-hmm. and so are the dog man and other things that I've proven with great photograph, you know, work. So I think people need to stop taking pictures of all the structures and all that. And let's get down to some real nitty gritty here. Let's mm. get down to stuff where people may end up in the 411 cases, uh, you know? Sure. Well, you because know, that's a- what, you know, you got child children, you know, that go out there play in the woods and stuff and then they don't come back. Well, right. maybe they got pulled into someplace they couldn't get back out of. Right. No, that's a great point. And you know, I gotta, I, I, I do, I, I do like that you that you went there because that's certainly an idea that's occurred to me. And and even you know, while it may sound absolutely fantastical to some people out there listening, uh, again, this this phenomena comes up. Now, I have to bounce an idea off of you and see what you think. But this is something that occurred to me, and it and it's and it's because I I cover so many different parts of the paranormal. But these portals seem to appear in all of them, whether it's spirit portals, whether it's people driving their car and suddenly they missed 300 miles and they don't know why, or you know any number of different phenomena like that that may may have something to do with some kind of uh, you know a time slip or a space slip, and I and I'm wondering maybe these maybe these these anomalies uh, of of these portals are a very regular and naturally occurring phenomena. But we can't observe them with our senses. But maybe these other things can, and maybe to them it's like they're, or maybe they can even see it. Maybe right. they can even see it. That's what I'm saying. And, and and maybe they can. Maybe to them, they know when they're going to occur and where because they've watched them for generations or thousands of years, and so it becomes like their mass transit. It's like their subway, you know, or whatever. It's like somebody living in, mm-hmm. in New York. If somebody had never seen a big city before and ended up in New York, you'd be lost. How does how do people get up? They, I see them coming out of the ground. What's going on? You know, they, and then they go down the ground and they don't come back. And I, you know, it looks like magic, but you know, if these things are natural, I have another theory. Sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, but what do you think of that theory? Uh, you know, at this point, I think anything is possible. Yeah. I think that we need to keep an open mind about it. And mm-hmm. I think it needs a lot of careful study. Right. Okay. I don't think the average bear should be out there trying it. That's for sure. <laughs> I agree with you. That's for sure. Yeah. Because what if, just what if one had went before us mm-hmm. and was maybe trying to get away from us and was ahead of us and it decided it would go over to the island mm-hmm. to get away from us and it was playing that whole, okay, I'm going to say it, quote unquote, the cloaking thing. Yeah. We couldn't see it. And maybe we walked through right behind it. Um, maybe it opened the area sure. and maybe we just walked through it. And so then he went, you know, he like had some interest in us and seeing that I was like getting really, you know, panicked through this. And maybe they do have the ability to like look ahead a little bit or move faster than us and see that I was going to have a problem with that whole vehicle not starting. Um, and that it was very cold and wet, you know, yeah. um, and just helped us out because maybe it actually had some sense of feeling maybe it felt bad for us or something sure i don't know i really don't know but here's here's a whole nother thought process to to this topic um if you if you just step back and you realize that we all have our own personal spaces Mm -hmm. it's like our own energy field like if you stand up and just spin around with your arms straight out 
that seems to be your comfort zone because uh, say that you went out to your mailbox and your neighbor went out there at the same time Mm -hmm. and you don't want to be rude. You stand back like four feet and let him get his mail before you go up there and get yours. Right. But then you get to the gas station and you put gas and you had to go in and pay and you end up at the back of the, the line. There's a big line ahead of you. And now all of a sudden there's people coming in behind you and just those added people, if you watch the people in the line, people start to shift and move and shift because you know why? It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's uncomfortable to be that close to a stranger. And so you have your own parallel dimension, really. You have your own space here of energy. And it's the, the combined energy or a bad energy, you can instantly feel it. Like you could be in line and all of a sudden you, you feel just intimidated and you don't even know it, but you turn on, there's a guy glaring at you like he's in a really bad mood because this line is in his way. Right. You know, you felt it before you looked. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you go off, you leave there, you go to the grocery store and, oh, you run into your cousin. Well, it's no problem. He pulls his cart right up next to yours. You know, you lean over, you start talking, how you been, whatever, you know. You may even give each other a hug before you go. So you you kind of choose or vibe with the energies that you're used to. Mm-hmm. And it, your kids, your husband, wife, sister, brother can come right up and give you a hug. It's no problem. But say somebody down the street that you just know him by name comes walking up to you and he gets up two feet close to you, you take a couple steps back. Yeah. The close talkers, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. why? It's the energy. Mm-hmm. It makes us feel uncomfortable. So with that in mind, what if we're all walking with our own energy force field and we're just stupid humans still, and we don't know all about this, and we don't know how to work all this yet. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. And it does make sense. I mean, I, I suppose I suppose if these things uh, do exist, and, and it's, it seems really clear to me that they do, but uh, to each his own, but maybe it does have to do with resonance as well. And, and that, you know, I, I think that, I think that like, here's what I think our energy shifts and changes. Like if we're in a good mood and, and things, and things are going well, we, we tend to have a really good resonance and we exude that wonderful feeling around us. If we're having t- a terrible day, everything's going wrong. Then we have that, that sense of foreboding around us and that, and that negative low vibration hanging out. And, and perhaps, perhaps it has to do with a personal re- resonance as well, you know, that, that, that that's what... I, I agree with you. Yeah. I totally agree with that because if you've ever been having a bad day mm. at the end of the day and you, you look back and you're like, this happened and this happened and this happened, did you ever stop and think that maybe the first thing that happened... And how you reacted to it brought your whole frequency and energy level down and allowed everything else negative to be a domino effect. Sure. So I personally have been working on that in my own personal space, like making uh, certain rooms in my house a happy space for me so that like I go there, I'm positive, stay positive and feel good feel good. But, um, so something happened. Okay. Got past that. Ignore it. It's not the whole day. Life is not happening to us. It's happening for us. And it's what you take from it is your journey. So Mm -hmm. 
learning your own frequencies and energies is important. I actually work with that and um, they have things on YouTube where it's different levels of energy mm-hmm. and you, when you put it on and you listen to it, it's got this music going, but they have like a, a ringing tone or something in the background. That's a frequency. Yeah. And if you listen to it like four or five minutes, and that tone kind of just disappears and you hear the soft music and stuff, you end up falling asleep and have, listening to it. It's just, it's so revitalizing when you wake up from that. Right. And if you're, if you listen to the wrong frequency or one that's too high for you or too low, you can't like listening four or five minutes, you can't stand anymore. You just have to turn that off. Yep. yep. So listen to the ones that, you know, and, things that happen to us in life. I noticed that, you know, it's been a bad time or you've been sick or something. I noticed that I have to back up and go down a little bit in the frequency and then bring it back up to where I was at. So I think that everything happens affects this energy. And I think that maybe they have that same deal, but because like I said, you know, they're talking 24 strand DNA with them and 12 with us, their capabilities are way better. So maybe they can manipulate that energy and connect to another realm's energy and therefore get that door open as the energies collide. And here I'm going to walk through. Mm. And so now it's ripped open or torn open. And that's how maybe we end up going in behind it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Because we we can't open it ourselves. I don't think that we are capable of that. Right. But... I think that maybe something else does it and then an accident happens with us being close. That's a good Because we accidentally followed it, followed it right through its doorway. Right. I think that's, that's a, a great thought and, and could be, could be very plausible. I mean, it, it's, Again, it's, hypotheses don't happen in the attention tone. It's yeah. always ideas and theories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you know, you're absolutely right. I think it's a great theory because, um, you, you know, I, I I've always struggled to try to understand this because my my whole journey through the paranormal and the reason that I'm doing it is because. I'm just searching for understanding. You know, that's really the bottom line for me. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, but, me too. But then you reach these... It's like you can never get enough. Right, yeah. And you reach these stumbling blocks. It's like, well, I don't know how to... I don't know what to do with this one. And and so it, it's great. That's when I really love to discuss ideas. And, and coming at it from a different angle, I think, is really key because if everything was just the same, we could use the same thought processes and tools and just define the universe. But obviously things are different and they, and they require different thinking in order to understand some possibilities of what might be going on. And and I think that that's what you're doing. I, I, I'm really, uh, really enjoying uh, listening to you talk about that because it, it does at least give it some plausible possibility. And I, and I, I get excited by that. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. All right, everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal podcast. Buckle up, we're going in. <laughs> I, uh, 
I, I just ponder it so much and, you know, I bugged them and bugged them about it whenever I had the opportunities to interact with, you know, some, mm-hmm. you know, I believe that we're all telepathic. We don't even realize it because, you know, you can tell your dog to do something in your mind and the dog just did it and you're like, hmm, you know, right. um, the same years ago, I was training horses that were wild. My dad was going, no, don't get on that one. You know, you're not supposed to ride that one. And I would be climbing up and controlling him with no bridle, no nothing, just, you know, a teenage girl just riding and this horse is untrained and it listens to me. And I I started to think back on those days and how much I was thinking and how just the energy must have been so high in me too because I was enjoying myself so much. Yeah. And there was so much love for the animal that it trusted me. And it listened to me. I don't think it's the the the, the 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 horse was like responding to what I was doing on his back. I had no saddle. I had, you know, it had never been ridden before. I didn't know what kicking the sides meant. I didn't. I didn't kick it. I, uh-huh. I just grabbed its mane and I said, let's go. And, <laughs> you know, everything I wanted it to do, it just did it. I just leaned a little bit and the horse was responding. And my dad's like, that horse has never even had a saddle. And usually when you put a saddle on a horse for first sight, they buck and they buck and they buck <laughs> trying to get it off. Sure. And so, you know, he just didn't want me to get hurt. I can understand that. But I think that that's what was going on way back then. Mm. I, I was utilizing this ability and I do use it in my work. I do find things out. Um, it's always been a cultural exchange between me and them. You know, if if they ask me a question, I'm going to throw one back at them, you know, sure. and sometimes they get an answer. Sometimes they don't. But um, I think people just need to not be so judgy in that whole realm and, and call it the woo like they do. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, judging, being judgy, it clouds your own reality. If you if you shut yourself off to possibilities, then you can never go beyond your own thoughts mm-hmm. and you need to open that hear all the other people's thoughts hear what is happening to them and how vulnerable it makes them by opening up and even talking about it sure because people are so judgmental about it mm-hmm. so us discussing the portals the energy the possibilities it's of the most importance because i have a feeling that not so far in the future, all of this is going to come crashing down on all of society. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some people that can accept it and move with it. And there's going to be others that it's just going to completely shut them down. They're not even going to be able to react without panic. Yeah. So I think now what you're doing is so important because maybe it, the people listen to it, resonate with it and we'll discuss it with their, their own little tribe and their own little houses and whatever, and, and really start to understand the world that we're in. Mm. We're in this. Yeah. And these things are not, they're just, to me, there is more encounters and more stuff popping up just in the last five years than it was even 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, God, you would never even have mentioned Bigfoot in the Midwest 
when I started doing this sure. and got on Facebook in two, 2008 and started trying to help people and tell them this is what's going on, you know. Uh-huh. And if I think they're judgy now, you should have tried it back then. They were really bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I can't yeah, imagine. There's, you know, people are, are slowly opening their minds. It's, it's just that I think it needs to happen faster. I think sure. a lot of um, the paranormal is the norm. It is the normal. Sure. I think that para doesn't even belong in it. I think right. this is the normal, and people need to accept it. Well, I think I think it is all a natural uh, part of our of our universe, our experience. It's just that uh, you know we've we've become so accustomed to having everything labeled and compartmentalized that when you when people bump into this stuff that doesn't line up with the traditional thinking, that's the paradigm shift. And of course, that's a tough thing for anybody. To and they're afraid of being judged. Well, sure. Everybody's afraid of being judged. Yeah. So let me ask you, Shell. Do you think, do you think there's more of this going on than ever before? Or do you think, do you think that it's more? Absolutely. Oh, okay. I guess I don't need to finish that Absolutely. thought. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I went from, you know, I've dealt with this my whole life when mm-hmm. I was a child, and we went from okay, we had one or two happenings that year, oh. to a gain to where my teenage years were, and we were having stuff happen once or twice a week mm. and then get into my twenties and Oh God, this stuff has happened two, three days a week. I mean, crazy stuff. Mm. And that's what drove me to start trying to understand what I'm seeing and, and not seeing the being, but I've got an 18 foot inch footprint in the snow and I got a canine print that dwarfs, anything I've ever seen. I had a Russian wolfhound at the time and I'm out walking him and I've got his foot and he steps in that pad print and it, it just completely dwarfs his feet. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, what is this? Right. And so I would follow those prints and they would disappear. Huh. I would walk like blocks and blocks in the snow, in the fields, you know, and they would disappear. And I know that I'm headed toward the trees. I'm following him. Like, is it going to go into the trees? Where's this going? You know? And then it just disappeared. Wow. So in my twenties, I, I already started noticing that, okay, there's something weird about this. And how could something just go invisible? Did, did it just jump straight up in the sky? I mean, what the hell? <laughs> That's where <laughs> I was at with that. Sure. And so by the time I got in my thirties, it's, it's a nightly thing. It didn't matter where I went. It didn't matter where I lived. This stuff, it follows me. And I hate it. it I'm not getting any sleep at night. I'm working two jobs trying to make life happen. Sure. I'm going to school. You know, it's just, you know, I made a career of college in my 20s and 30s. And so then by the time I got into my late 30s and I, I get divorced and I come back to where I grew up and I'm like, what happened to this place? Because it was in every night thing and it still is. And at first it was just Bigfoot. And by the time I was 40, it was like, okay, now there's dog man. Really? I seen that. I got a picture of that. It's Mm. real. I didn't believe in them, Mm -hmm. but now there's there, there's that. And from that, it was like UFOs, aliens got pictures, Mm. real photography that looks real, not blurry. It's there. Okay. Now I'm dealing with, I have seen and taken photographs last summer 
of something that scared me so bad. I walk in the house and I'm like, what is that thing? <laughs> I've got pictures of things that I can't explain that terrify me, wow. literally terrify me. And I just, I, I don't know what's going on on this earth, but I believe and I feel that these realms, these, 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 what's supposed to be veils is what people talk about. I think people think in them in terms of ley lines, and I think people turn things linear, and I think we need to not be thinking that way. I think we need to, to get that linear out of our mind and start thinking more of, like I was trying to describe, a personal energy area and where that can connect to another energy. Oh, okay. And I think they belong in that realm or whatever, and, and we're seeing it. And it's, it's a, you know, may not see it with the naked eye, and you may see it with the naked eye, but sometimes the camera is the only thing that's going to pick it up because the camera, what does it do? It moves way faster than our eyes, goes to our brain, and that's, that's hard to even wrap your head around, but it seems to be what's happening. It seems to be what's happening for me in my world and how I perceive it anyway. Yeah, and and getting back to what you're talking about with, uh, you know, the telepathy telepathy thing, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, Caesar, the dog whisperer, was is often talking about uh, if there's a problem with your pet, it's, you've got to understand that it's mirroring what you're projecting, and it's your, exactly if your energy is high, you're going to have a real anxious and fidgety dog. If your energy is high and fidgety too, and if you're calm and relaxed, your dog will be calm and relaxed too, and and so. These animals that we put, they, they you know become part of our lives, part of our families, they're constantly feeling our energy and responding to that. And I think that that's you know, a really powerful thing. I just the other day, my daughter rescued um, a Great Dane uh-huh. and brought it to our house. And we have a Great Dane female, and um, the other dog is a female, and the cats, two males, one female. Mm-hmm. Um, so she thinks she's she thinks she's kind of king around here. She is the biggest beast, <laughs> uh-huh. and she's a great watchdog. But um, right away, when my daughter come with him, and she she had an anxiousness about her. She was so worried that Gracie was not going to accept Charlie. She she had that feeling. She and so I was hanging on to Gracie, and there was just like no hanging on to her. She was crazy going after this dog, and I finally just. I said, you know what, let's put them away, separate them, and let's talk. And I sat down with her, and I said, you have an anxious feeling that you already expected them not to get along. And they're feeling your energy because you're out there panicking, holding on to them, trying to keep them from fighting. And I said, and if you just relax, mm-hmm. I said, and you, we approach this different, and we actually meet the dog out in the road, and we're going to go for a walk, maybe things will be different. I said, so, you know, just sit here and chill out for like, you know, 15 minutes or so. And then I put one dog on the leash. She got the other dog on the leash. And we did. We just, like, we're going somewhere. We just ignored their actions and ignored their behaviors and just let's go. Uh-huh. And everything worked. Oh, it cool. works. Right. So we call, called the dog trainer and she said, you're doing everything right. She said, so, you know, um, don't let them meet face-to-face in the house or in the yard. Separate them after you leave the road. Go put one in a cage, put another one in a cage, and let them be where they can hear each other, mm-hmm. smell each other, but can't make eye contact. She mm-hmm. said, you're doing everything right. 
So you are correct. The energy does project yeah. mm-hmm. to everything around you. Think about when you're angry or in a bad mood, what happens to your wife? Does she kind of get nasty too and start getting all, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, our energy affects everything. And, I, and like I said, I think it's a domino effect for us if we have a bad day, if we allow that one bad thing to ruin a whole 24 hours worth, well then we're really sad individuals because we need to back up and go, oh, you know what? Every, they can always be worse, no yeah. matter what the situation is. Absolutely. It can always get worse. Yep. No, I, so I, you got to think that. You got to believe that. And I, I use that in my personal life as well. I mean, I, I'm always constantly reminding myself as, as anxious as I get about things. It's like, hey, you know what? You, you still got food every time you need to eat. You still got a warm place to be. And, you know, you got people that love you. Uh, life is just fine. It could be better always. At least, you know, that's that. But that's the motivation. It's not the, you know, not a blame thing. So, but I keep resetting myself the same way. I got to, you know, remind myself, hey, you know what? You're doing just fine. So when people are going to go out and deal with these beings, or they're going to attempt to, mm-hmm. their energy level needs to be high. Your frequency needs to be high. You need to be resonating that you are going to just be mm-hmm. like in their surroundings. You shouldn't be seeking it because you're going to drive it away or you're going to attract a negative thing. Uh-huh. And you don't want that. So, you need to just be, if you're going to go out there, then have the attitude that you're enjoying the forest. You're enjoying the sounds, the smells, the birds, the wildlife, the trees. You know, when I carry a camera into the forest, I go with no intent, mm. no intent that I'm going to take a picture of something, or I might get a photo of something because if I have that on my mind, I can guarantee you it's a buzzkill every time you will not get anything and nothing will happen that day. Would it be a total waste of drive for you or whatever you do? It's going to be a total waste for you. So you got to just be in that place where, Hey, whatever happens, happens, but I'm going to have a good time and I'm looking forward to this and I'm looking forward to that. And then put yourself in the situation, but you got to be respectful. You, that, that's how I've got people ask me all the time, how do you get pictures of so many different beings and you can actually see them. I'm like, because I'm respectful. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't just barge in on them like that. You know, I'm always easy and I'm always, you know, keeping that frequency high and keeping positive thoughts and that it's going to be a good interaction. It's going to be a good time. Those things matter. Right. But if you go out there and you just got a little bit of anxiousness in you, or you just got a little bit of fright in you, you know what? You're liable to have a bad encounter. It's liable to happen. Because right. I've done it. Sure. I've gone out there on a night when I didn't really want to do it, and then something scary really happens. Oh, so good point. You don't want scary. You want fun. Sure. And I and I I think that that's great advice. Not that I not that I know anything about this because I'm not really a researcher. I'm just an enthusiast. But uh, it seems to me that they know when we're in their neck of the woods and they're, they're constantly on. Absolutely. You know, it's not like you're going to sneak up on them and stuff. They already know you're there. No, exactly. And you know, do you go up to your neighbor's house and just walk in and walk right through their living room and bedroom and then out the back door? (laughs) Yeah. No, you you come in more easy than that, you know, and 
you, you just kind of get a feel for it. What's going on at the forest before I even step in? You're right there at the edge. You know, just kind of take a few minutes and just kind of feel the energy and stuff before you enter. Or even say, you know what, if this is a bad time, think it in your head. If this is a bad time for me to be here in your place, mm-hmm. break a stick that I can hear and I will go. Uh-huh. And literally, there's been like twice that's happened where they just crack like, no. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. thank you. And then mosey on to a new location. <laughs> um, one of my um, students, Mark Crooks, he was with me and he, he says, I want to experience, because he, he drives all the way from Arizona to hang out with me. He goes, I want to experience every sound. I was like, oh God, you don't, you don't, you really don't. <laughs> and he, you know, and so I, he goes, take me to a place you know is rough. And I'm like, all right. So I head off to a place that is rough and it's like way past midnight and I'm cruising down there with the bright lights on this road you know you got to get to it and there's this big parking lot and a turnaround and a boat ramp down there and um once again this place is like giant stuff done to it not little tree bins you know I mean big stuff Uh and they're pretty pretty rough in there and um yeah, I've gotten pictures of them that are pretty scary. I mean, oh. just to look at them, and I get, I go, oh, I can see the attitude on that one's face, you know. Yeah. Um. So we go in there, and I could feel it just pulling up. But what was my attitude? Dread. I didn't want to do it. Right. And so we, I turned the car around, stopped the, you know, I turned the lights off before I turn around and shine that into their space or anything. I was really respectful and. And the moon was shining, you know, I could see. So I just turned around the car and um, Mark got out there. He did the greetings. I told him how you do it and he did it. And um, I had warned him, I was like, these guys aren't friendly. These guys aren't friendly. And sure enough, we heard thud, thud, crash. He literally knocked the tree like it busted in half or something. And we're like, oh my gosh. So he's like, okay, thank you. And then he runs around and gets in the car and he goes, okay, that is bad. And I was like, yeah. And <laughs> I said, I'm feeling their their negativity. It makes me feel like I'm choking. There's And my daughter gets the same way. If she feels them, them when they're around and she, they're negative, it's like a choking sensation that we feel. And um, it literally makes you sick to your stomach and dizzy and everything else. And I was feeling it. I said, do you feel that? Do you actually feel any he goes well my legs are shaking he goes and i don't know if that's from fear or if it was from him cracking that so loud when i asked you know just to be in this area Mm -hmm. because we weren't going into the woods we were just there right and um you know we left and then he wanted to go back the next day and actually see the place during the daytime and then you know he found his first print and it was you know it was all good and everything because what happened I didn't have any animosities going there during the day. Uh-huh. I don't like going out in the night when I know there's some bad ones because I've seen things happen. I've heard things, you know, and I'm not going to push the envelope when they say, no, you, you obey that. Right. So right. the next day, everything was fine. Huh. Um, he found a lot of footprints. He found the water tree, you know, and he got a couple of pictures come up on the tree and stuff. It's really cool. And then, you know, we went, we went on our way. Um, we didn't think back about going there at night again. <laughs> he he wanted a more positive, you know, entertainment when he realized that, okay, if that's how it is when they're just 
mad a little bit. What would it be if I got infrasounded? And I convinced him he really didn't want to experience infrasound, and he was okay with that. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty nutty. But it was like, again, I think, it, I think attitudes, you know, maybe they even picked up on me going, oh, God, oh, God, I don't like this place that I, you know, mm-hmm. it, 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 it just, maybe it just resonated. So do you think that they, maybe that you get what you asked for something about that, that energy and attitude, maybe what they use? I, I mean, it's just speculative, of course, but the, yeah, yeah, yeah. In order to, Theories. well, in order to open those portals and, and close them or, you know, what are your thoughts that, or, or do you think it's just an, an inherent ability of theirs being as they're so different in nature than we are? I actually think with, I think it's the last thing that I said when I was throwing out ideas. I think it's that they're walking with energy around them mm-hmm. in like a para, a parallel dimension that's, that's not linear. And I think they, maybe they, they can butt up or hook up with the, that energy that is a wall. Uh-huh. And when they do, that's where you get this or created this, this opening that they can go through and it may stay open for a period of time or something until it closes back up. And I I believe that's why we get one footprint and it's because they were right on the edge of of that connection, energy connecting to where, you know, I don't think this is like everywhere on the earth. I think it's just certain areas Uh and they connect. They just, they know where to go and hook up or they feel it or something. Right. It's just, it's just a theory, but I think that's what's happening. I think they hook up to this. Okay. I'm going to go, you know, over to my dimension. And I think that maybe Sasquatch dogmen, all that stuff that we see as cryptids are maybe fourth and fifth dimension. And that's why we're seeing it because we're in the 3d. I think that they're, they're real close to us. I don't think they're way out there. Sure. At like the angelic level of, you know, 12 realms out. I think it's just like three and four, you know, okay. four and five. Huh. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it just all you can do is take what you've learned, try to put it in place and wrap your head around it and try to connect it, connect the dots to maybe this is how these portals open are the energies that they're giving off and maybe this is what why they react the way they do sometimes is because of our energy mm-hmm. you know i was in fear that night i don't like those guys they're rough out there because i had a bad experience the whole time i've been doing this i can count on one hand how many bad times i've had with sasquatch and in that location was one of them sure. so it was apprehensive and it would have been, I think, my energy that may have made it be really blown out of proportion the way that Sasquatch reacted sure. compared to maybe if I hadn't been there, maybe they would have even allowed him. Maybe he would have got to see the eye glow from them that he wanted to see because uh-huh. that was his whole, his whole thing. He wanted to see eye glow and he wanted to experience it for sounding. Um, maybe they, it made him mad that he even wanted them to do that to him. Sure. Um, maybe it was that, mm-hmm. but I do believe that there's something to do with um, energies and these portal, these portals opening. I, I believe that they're connecting to something with their energy and they're able to walk through it then. And if we're close by and it's still open, 
we end up following them through and it's accidental. Ah, okay. Well, that's incredible. There was, there was a story, um, Joe Palermo, most in peace, um, we lost him this winter. He was the guy that did my documentary and he was in South America doing the whole Chupacabra thing. Okay. And, um, you know, he's a camera guy and uh, a producer and all that. And he was, uh, down there in South America and he filmed this kid that he had to ask permission from the father for the kid to speak, but he was a 16 year old kid and he was on like a moped Mm -hmm. and he was following this uh, bike trail and he was just going along it. And then all of a sudden he describes that the foliage completely changed to him and didn't look native to where they were at. And he said the sounds, and stuff like he just drove into it and everything was different around him. And he said the sounds and stuff reminded him of dinosaurs and he pulled his moped backwards and literally seen the foliage and everything change. And he got so scared. He turned around and went home and told his dad, which he was like on that list of interviews when, you know, the paranormal stuff when they were filming. So, I heard his story and, and I was really skeptical, but uh-huh. then when it happened to me, right. <laughs> it changed my mind, it yeah. changed my mind. I, I really thought, okay, there is something real about portals. Okay. That, you know, uh-huh. I think that's what happened to us. I think we went through a portal. That's really interesting because it also correlates with those two stories that I shared with you that the people just yeah. quickly about faced and went back the way they came and everything was back to normal. And, uh, that's, yeah. that's an interesting correlation. So there is, there really has to be something to this. I mean, there really has to be. And and I think that that's exciting to me. It's, of course, it's concerning, but the it's thing. intriguing. Yeah, the thing that I like is that, and I've been saying this since I started doing the show, I like living in a world of mystery. I like that there's still things we have to learn and there's, there's you know, magic and wonder around us if we just open our eyes mm-hmm. and, you know, start to really objectively Absolutely. look for it. So that's really exciting stuff. Wow. It, yeah, it can be. And, and it can also, if you're living in it and it's a daily thing, you know, so many people have said to me, I would give anything to be you. I've had, I've heard people say, you know, I would pay millions to, to do, to do that and experience that or whatever. And when you live it day in and day out and day in and day out, and they actually get in your house and they actually take your food and Mm. take some of your jewelry or things that you, your possessions that you care about and it's missing. And you, you find a muddy footprint on your kitchen floor and you're going, how, how, how did they get in here? How did this happen? But you obviously see it and you're obviously experiencing it. Mm. It's just not a blessing at that point. It starts to become bothersome. It starts to become, Ooh, I can't get any peace. Ooh, I can't just, make the stop for a little bit. Sure. And you know, I know people out there are probably going, Oh, you know, they're, they're, they're mad at me for thinking like that. Cause I, I have all these things around me and I'm able to, you know, have the successes I've had with photography and videos and bring it to the world and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. making it my contribution. Um, and being able to communicate with the Sasquatch. So many people's like, God, I'd give anything. And I was like, you know what? It's up to them. They're the ones that like pull you in and, and teach you or right. um, help you. So 
that was very scary, you know, telepathy, portal, I mean, all these things make you think about it all the time. Even when you're out in your own backyard, you're thinking, one walk through here and create something and I'm going to walk through. It's always (laughs) on my mind now. Right. Yeah, I I can't blame you. I, I mean, if I had had those experiences, I'm sure I would feel the same way. Yeah, it gets, you know, it's not like I'm a person, you know, I do drive off and go to certain places. I have lots of them because I get bored quick and I got to learn more and I got to have geography is everything in research because you want to connect dots between this place and that place and how do they do things over here and how do they do things over there? And, Mm. you know, you want to do this, but then when you come home, you want to just put it away. I can't put it away because it's at my home. And it's always at my home, no matter where my home is. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's what drives me. And that's what keeps me doing this is, is just is seeking a little understanding. Maybe if I understand more, I'll be able to have more acceptance of dealing with it. And maybe I can even not fear that part of it. Sure. Um, yeah. That's really powerful. Yeah, you know, just one day at a time. You just that that's how you when you live with this stuff, it's it's literally one day at a time and try not to think about it. Try to just be normal. Mm. And I, I guarantee you if it's you're living with it, it's it's just there and you, you just can't it's not going to be you're not going to be able to stop it. Right. Yep. good points. So accept it. Just <laughs> accept it. And that's what I do. And I try to just cope with it and deal with it the best I can. Well, you're doing a hell of a job, and I'm glad that you're dealing with it by coming and talking to me regularly. This has been nice every time. We, every time we get a chance to talk, it's always a great journey, and I really appreciate it, Shell. Oh, thank you, and and likewise, I love banging things off your mind. I think you have a great mind too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I learn things from you because you tell me what other people are experiencing that mm. may coexist with what I'm doing. Right. So I like that. I like that. And I like that we're getting that out there. I like that we're combining stories and you're way off in Washington and have a whole different set of people you talk to. And I'm over here in the Midwest and it's the same way, but yet our ideas are linking up like a puzzle. Right. And that's good. That's progress. That's good. That's real good. And I have to commend you. What you do is an amazing thing. Well, thank you, but uh, you know it's guests like yourself that make it amazing. I just I just turn on the lights. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, can you okay. take, can you take a couple minutes and and tell people how to stay in touch with you? Oh, you know the easiest thing. Um, there's Instagram Shell Kaoke K A O K E Dion D I O N. Um, I spell Shell with one L S H E L. The hook you up on Facebook, um, Instagram. Um, you can email me at cryptoshell, again, with one L, at gmail.com. Perfect. Wow. Yeah, I, I think that uh, we'll definitely have you back, and we'll, we'll keep this discussion rolling because there's obviously a lot more ground to cover. But thank you for taking the time on today. In, on Instagram, I want to say you have to look up Whisperwalkers. Whisperwalkers. Okay. Very and good. we have a like page, Whisperwalkers. Oh, yeah. Yep. A Facebook page. Yeah, well, you have a group. I have a Facebook page. I, you know, I yeah. um, everything is labeled Whisper Walkers. Okay. So. Yep. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you, Shell. I, I, I just can't thank you enough for coming on and doing this again. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Have a great evening.
right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormal portal radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at paranormal portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. We got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the paranormal portal. So I hope you'll check it out. Check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com/slash/paranormalportal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good. Be kind. Be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody.